0: What's going on everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by May Lowry. So in this episode, I'm going to give a preview of the college baseball season, which kicks off today. So in this episode, I'm going to give a preview of the season. I'm going to give a breakdown of the 16 teams that I think will host regionals this coming May. And then after that, I'll give a breakdown of who I think will make the College Road Series with some sleeper and long shot teams that I think could potentially make noise in the tournament. So let's start off with my 16 regional hosts. At number one, we have Wake Forest. Number two, I have Florida, number three, Arkansas, number four, TCU, number five, Clemson. Clemson is bringing back a lot of experience, especially in their pitching staff, including Austin Gordon and Ethan Tarden, along with Tristan Smith, who excelled in the Cape League last year. They're going to be a team to watch out for in the ACC. As for TCU, who I had at number four, I had originally put them at number two in my predictions, but I moved them down a little bit. They did lose a lot of talent after a successful tournament run last year. One guy to keep your eye on, though, is Cole Kleckler, a guy in their rotation who had a 10-4 record last season with a 3.72 ERA. At number six, I have Duke, a team that has a great pitching staff, including Fran O'Shell, one of the best relievers in all of college baseball. At number seven, I have Tennessee. They added a ton in the portal. They might have lost a lot this past year in the draft. They added a ton in the portal, though. They're going to be a dangerous team in the SEC. At number eight, another dangerous SEC team, the reigning national champions, and that is LSU, even though they lost a lot of talent as well, with Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens going to the MLB draft. It makes me worry a little bit about this team, but they did add a lot in the portal, and they're always dangerous, so I still have them hosting a regional this coming May. At number nine, we have NC State, a team that I was high on last season. I saw them play against BC. They really fell short in the tournament. I thought they would be better, but at the end of the day, I think this team is still dangerous, even though they did lose some as well. At number 10, I have Northeastern, a team that I think is going to be a powerhouse in college baseball this year. They had a career season last year for the program. The program had a record 44 wins. Quite a season for the Northeastern Huskies. I'm excited to see what they do this season. I will talk a little bit more about them in just a few minutes. At number 11, I have East Carolina. At number 12, I have Vanderbilt. At number 13, I have South Carolina. They actually made the Super Regionals last season, and they do have some talent coming back, including Ethan Petrie, who is back for another season. 23 home runs, 75 runs better than last season. At number 14, we have another Carolina school, and that is Coastal Carolina, a team that a lot of people like this season to make some noise. At number 15, we have Stanford. They're not ranked in the top 25 right now in the NCAA rankings, but I think they're going to have a good season. They've made Omaha three straight years, so it's tough to say they're not going to host a regional this season. I know they're being underestimated in the rankings right now, but I think by the time May comes, there'll be a top 16 program in the country. And then at number 16, to round out my regional hosts, we have UC Irvine, so yet again, another California school there with Stanford at 15 and UC Irvine at 16. So now I'm going to move on to my College World Series predictions. These are my eight Omaha teams. The road to Omaha does begin today. This list will probably change throughout the course of the season a good amount, considering some teams that will have injuries, they'll have bad stretches, and it's obviously tough to pick eight teams to make it, considering how many good teams are on the country. I'm sure we're going to offer lot the of these picks. Some of these picks are favorites. Some of these picks are long shots that I think can sneak in and make some noise. We'll start off with my number one team, and that is Wake Forest. Unreal pitching staff returning, including Josh Hardell, who will be in the convo for the best pitcher in college baseball. They also have Nick Kurtz, a first baseman who will be a top pick in the 2024 MLB draft. A ton of power in that lineup, and Kurtz is one of the best players in the nation. At number two, we have Arkansas. Always a good team to predict for Omaha because of how well they recruit. The pitching staff was not as good last season, though. A 5.22-team ERA. That is a worry to me, but considering how good the SEC is in baseball— that could have been a reason their team ERA was high. Hagen Smith is a pitcher for them to watch out for. He's expected to take a big jump this season. And then Mason Molina is another pitcher in their rotation. Another talented arm next to Hagen Smith. At number three, we have NC State. This could be slight bias since I saw them play at BC last season and became a fan of them. But with their pitching staff and a lot of guys that are returning, I think they could compete with anyone in the country. I think they're going to make noise and make the College World Series a season. I know... That was my prediction last season in the College World Series. They would would make a lot of noise, and that ended up not being the case. But I still believe in this team. They have a lot of pitching coming back, and that's obviously a big thing you need by the end of the season. You need to be pitching your best and playing your best baseball. And a team with the most pitching typically makes the deepest run because they have the arms that can outlast anyone in the country. At number four, we have Oregon State, a dangerous team with a ton of guys coming back, especially in their pitching staff. Jaron Hunter, 3.03 ERA last season in seven starts. They also have Travis Bizzana coming back, who crushed the Cape Cod Baseball League last summer for the the Commodores. He's a guy to keep your eye on for the National Player of the Year. My fifth College World Series team is the Northeastern Huskies. I am very high on this team. I'm going to dive more into them in just a second, but I'm very high on this team, and I wish them all the best. I was very fortunate to have Mike Levin, their head coach, come on my podcast in December. A great guy. It was great talking Northeastern baseball with him. I'm excited to see what they do this season. I think they're a team to watch out for in the landscape of college baseball. At number six, we have the Troy Trojans. A team that I think is probably the biggest hot take out of any of my eight College World Series teams. But I like this team a lot. They won 40 games last season. They have the Sunbelt Player of the Year, Shane Lewis, returning. Had 27 home runs and 1141 OPS and 77 runs batted in that season. And then Grayson Stewart, their ace, is back as well. A 3.65 ERA with 94 strikeouts. I think that team's going to be dangerous. They're a hot take to make the College World Series, but I'm not just going to pick eight favorites. That is a team that I saw play against BC last season in the tournament. And they did beat BC once. They lost in the other game. But that team is talented. I'm excited to see what they do this year. At number seven, I have South Carolina, who won 42 games last season. They added Blake Jackson from Shawit in the portal. He had an 846 OPS last season. And then pocket Nolan from Vanderbilt, an 822 OPS. He's a guy that's probably going to take a step up in that lineup this season. And then Ethan Petrie is a returner for the South Carolina Gamecocks, a guy that had a 376 batting average last season, 23 home runs as a freshman, one of the best talents in the country. they will definitely be a team to watch out for. And then at number eight, I have Tennessee, so another SEC team. I have South Carolina, Tennessee, and Arkansas all making it out of the SEC. Tennessee made Omaha last season, and they were great in the transfer portal. They added so much talent, and they still have some guys coming back as well including Drew Beam, who's a guy to keep your eye on, a 17-5 and record over two seasons at Tennessee with a 3.2 ERA. There was absolute gas. I'm sure he'll be highly regarded in the MLB draft. And then for some teams that just missed it, I had Indiana and TCU just missing it. My problem with TCU is I think they're getting slightly overrated, and they did lose a lot of talent from last season to this season. As for Indiana, they won 43 games last season. They beat Kentucky and West Virginia in the regionals last season. But they're still somewhat under the radar. And even though I want to put them in, I put Tennessee over them. I just think Tennessee has more talent. But I think Indiana will be the first team out. They were right there, that close. I wanted to put them in, but I have them barely missing the College World Series. With that being said, it's not always the most talented team that wins in the game of baseball, whether it's college, high school, the MLB, minor leagues. It doesn't matter. The most talented team doesn't always win, and that's the same for every single sport. You have to show up no matter who you're playing against, no matter what the situation is, regular season, postseason, the College World Series. It doesn't matter who has more talent at the end of the day. It's who performs better on the field, and who's playing the best baseball when it matters most in the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. Those are my eight teams. Before the season begins. And then the two teams I barely missing are Indiana and TCU. I think TCU is getting a little bit overrated, though. I have them just barely missing, but I wouldn't be surprised if they lost in the region around. I know that's probably a hot take, but I think they're getting a little bit overrated and they also lost a lot of talent over the last season. So I have them missing the College World Series. As for some sleeper and long shot teams that I think have College World Series potential, I'm going to give a list of eight teams. We'll start off with Dallas Baptist who had a terrific season last year. They have returning town as well. I wanted to put them in Omaha, but I ended up going with Tennessee over them as well. So the same goes, obviously, for Indiana. and Indiana just missing out. And I think Dallas Baptist will be right there as well. UC Irvine, a team that I think is a sleeper team. They were big snub from the tournament last season. And I have them actually hosting a regional this year. They were dangerous last season. And like I said, just barely missed out on the tournament. Then I have Campbell, a team that I'm going to talk about in just a few minutes. UC Santa Barbara, another team that I think is under the radar. Even though they're a top 25 team, I think they can really make noise and still surprise people. And when you're a top 25 team before the season begins, people expect you, obviously, to make some noise and be a good team. But I still need to get it underestimated. I think they could potentially be a team that makes a deep run in the tournament. Then we have East Carolina, a dangerous team led by stop pitcher Trey Yesavich. They've made the tournament 33 times, but have never made the College World Series. Could this be the year that East Carolina finally breaks the curse and they make the College World Series? We'll see. I think they're asleep, a sleeper team to watch out for. A team that really struggled last season, the Louisville Cardinals. They were just 10-20 and 20 overall last season in the ACC. I expect a bounce-back season for them. Just two years ago, they were 42-21-1 overall, and they actually made it to the Super Regionals. So I expect them to be a dangerous team this season and have a bounce-back year. There's too much talent on that team to struggle like they did last season. They're a team to watch out for with College World Series potential. And now to round out my two biggest long-shot teams that I think could potentially make the College Road Series, I have Kent State. And my big question mark is this. Could they potentially be this year's Oral Roberts? Kent State was 42-16 and 16 last season and did miss out on the tournament. As for Oral Roberts, they made the tournament last season and surprised a lot of people. I think Kent State could be that team this season. 42-16 and 16 last year, and do have guys coming back. And then the last sleeper team I'm going to mention, the biggest long-shot take out of all of these, Long Beach State, they beat a lot of good teams last season. A lot of good teams. They were 33-22 and 22 overall, took two of three games last season versus UC Irvine, two of three against UC Santa Barbara. They beat USC and also beat East Carolina. If they make it in the tournament, I think they're going to be a dangerous team because they have shown they can beat top teams. Obviously, their record overall last season wasn't enough to make it into the tournament with an at-lodge bid. But if they do make it in, they've shown they can beat top teams. And even if those four teams I just mentioned weren't top teams, they probably all got more respect in the college baseball landscape last season than this team did at Long Beach State. I wanted to put them in my Omaha 8, but I didn't know who to take out. I felt like it would be too crazy of a hot take. But I think this team's dangerous, a team to watch out for. I really do. So there are big question marks about who could have a bounce-back year. Louisville was a team that I mentioned could have a bounce-back season. And another team that I think could bounce back, another ACC team, Florida State who were 23-31 and 31 last season, but I expect them to make the tournament this year. One key returner for them is James Tibbs III, who's back for another season, their best hitter from last year, who had 17 home runs, a 338 batting average, an and eleven fifty-three OPS, and could potentially be the ACC Player of the Year in my eyes. I know a lot of people are going to talk about Nick Hurts probably being that guy, but I think Tibbs III could be right there if he takes another step up this season, and that's what Florida State needs. The most underrated team Inside the top 25, in my opinion, are the Northeastern Huskies. They're bringing back a lot of talent from a team that already was great last season. They're bringing back a lot of talent from that squad. A team that was ranked for the first time in program history. They had a top three ERA in the nation with a 3.75 team ERA. They also won 44 games. And they were tied for 21st in the country with 106 home runs. A ton of power in that lineup coming back. Cam Maldonado, Harrison Feinberg, Mike Sirota, Tyler McGregor, Alex Lane. All of those guys are coming back this season. And they all hit double-digit home runs last year. 13 for Maldonado, 18 for Sirota, 18 for McGregor, 16 for Lane, and 10 for Harrison Feinberg. So that's a lot of returning talent. And I've used that phrase a lot now, obviously, in this episode, returning talent, because I really think it's important, especially in college sports, to build a core from the bottom let that team grow over time, gaining experience, winning big games, losing big games. I think that's really important. Not only does it build team chemistry, but it also builds confidence in the program. And Northeast has a lot of guys coming back for another season that were on the team last year that won a program record 44 games, which I think is very important. And I think that's an underestimated thing in the college athletics landscape. I don't think anybody really talks about guys coming back enough. Having return is that's very important. Guys that know the program guys that know what it takes to win, guys that understand the practice regimen and obviously the analytics and everything that goes into a whole season. When you have returning talent, those guys are not only leaders for the freshmen and the newcomers coming in through the transfer portal, but they have experience at the school and know what it takes to win. So Northeastern has a lot of guys coming back. And that obviously shows the dedication to the program. Guys could have probably left in the transfer portal if they wanted, but they chose to stay at this program because they know that they have the chance to do something very special this season. So there's two other things I want to mention. One, Northeastern plays very aggressively. 133 stolen bases last season, the eighth most in all-college baseball with a lot of speed coming back this season. And also in their pitching staff, they have a lot of talent coming back. Avin Cabral, Wyatt Scotty, both of those guys were the top pitches last season. And then we be back this season. Avin Cabral was just a freshman with a 2.58 ERA last season, a 9-4 record, and a 1.1 whip. Wyatt Scotty, 3.91 ERA last season with a 1.16 whip and a 6-4 record at 15 starts. He will be back for another season. And then Dennis Colloran reportedly will be in that starting rotation, starting one of the games this weekend against Arizona. He's a guy that missed all last season with an elbow injury. But he's another guy to watch out for. Throws gas. If I remember right, 97-98 is where he was topping out at high school. So Northeastern's really built something special. In their outfield, Kim Maldonado, Mike Sirota, Harrison, Feinberg... That is a lethal combination of the outfield, and I think they deserve more recognition for one of the best outfields in the country. Another underrated team that's inside the top 25, I like NC State a lot. They had a good bow last year and added even more to it this offseason. They started off last season very hot and they really cooled off towards the middle of the season in the end, but they have talent. They're returning a lot of pitching, like I said, including Sam Highfill and Logan Whitaker, two pitchers that were very productive for them last season, and also Dominic Fritton, A guy who I'm very high on. And then Jacob Kozak, their catcher, one of, if not the best catcher in the country. So they're a team to watch out for. And now I'm going to break down some teams that are outside the top 25 to watch out for. Boston College and Campbell. Two teams that are outside the top 25, not getting really as much recognition, even votes to be in the top 25. But they do have some talent coming back. Campbell was 46-15 and last season. Yet they're not getting any respect, really. I think they have a long shot chance at the College World Series. Boston College may have lost a lot of talent over the last year with Joe Vetrano and Chris Flynn leaving, but they do have a lot of returning talent as well. A lot of power. Nick Wang, Cam Leary. This team could make some noise in the ACC. They might be middle of the pack in the ACC, but that still could be enough to get an at-large bid in the tournament. And I wish the Eagles nothing but the best this season. Coach Todd Intendonato, who was actually hired this past July, came in the podcast just about a few weeks ago, and it was an absolute pleasure being able to talk baseball with him. Truly appreciate him taking the time, and I'm wishing the Eagles nothing but the best this season. I'm excited to see what they'll do in the Intodinato era. Next up, I'm going to give a breakdown of three teams that I think are the most underrated teams outside the top 64 that I think could potentially make the tournament. The University of Maine's one, their team that made the tournament last season with a 32 and 21 record, and they took two or three games last year in the regular season versus Pittsburgh. Even though it didn't really work out for them in the tournament, just making the tournament on its own is a huge accomplishment. Only 64 teams in the country could say they made the tournament. Next up, I've Kent State. A team that was 42-16 last season. the best power hitter is returning, Michael McNamara, who had 12 home runs last season with a 288 batting average. And the last team I'm going to mention is Long Beach State, who I think is the biggest sleeper team in the country this season. They have Miles Patton coming back, a freshman pitcher last season who had a 6.18 ERA with a 3-4 record in 13 appearances. If you look at his numbers, though, the issues for him were giving up hits, giving up 59 hits and 39 in 39 and third innings pitched. But if he can find a way to work on that and develop, that would be huge for their rotation. Last season, he only had six walks in 39 and third innings pitched, which is great for a freshman pitcher. The issue for him, though, was giving up hits. He had a 339 batting average against him last season. He needs to improve upon that. And maybe in the offseason, he works on a different pitch. Maybe he's working on location, trying to make sure the bad is on getting it where they want it. That's a big part of the game. And as a freshman, you have a lot of room to grow. You're really just gaining experience when you're that young. So being in a rotation this year from could be a big step up for his progression as a pitcher. Unfortunately for the offensive side of the game, they're losing their two best players from last season. Jonathan Long, Connor Burns, their two best players from last season at the plate, both hitting three twelve and three oh seven respectively, with fifteen home runs and fourteen home runs apiece. The big issue there is finding a way to replace those two guys. Kyle Ashworth, the guy that hit three oh six last season with one home run, twenty five runs batted in, and a seven sixty three OPS, he'll be back this season, probably the best returning hitter. But they'll need other guys to step up, like Nick Marincons, Jack Hammond. Those two guys are going to have to step up. Jack Hammond's probably their best hitter for power heading into the season. Eight home runs last season, 29 runs batted in. Hit 263 last season for Long Beach State. They need him to step up this season. And even though they're losing their two best hitters from last year, they're bringing back some pitching, and they have some other guys that have room to grow. And maybe there's going to be a big freshman in that line that makes a big play. Who knows? But they've been good the last few years. And even though they did lose their head coach, Eric Villanueva ended up leaving for St. Mary's. They haven't been good the last four years. They've been competitive. So I think they can be competitive again. I really do. They're a long shot team for a reason, though. I could be really wrong with this prediction saying that there could be a potential long shot team to watch out for to make the College World Series. And I acknowledge how big of a hot take that is. But that's what sports podcasting, sports radio, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. You have a feeling that team's going to make a big run, you end up saying it because at the end of the day, you could be right. Who knows? It's only the first game of the season tonight, so no one's crowned the winner after just one night in February. So we'll see how things play out. But like I've said now multiple times, I'll probably be wrong with a lot of those picks. It's really hard to predict who's going to be a college-run series team before a game's even played. And the same goes for who I'm predicting as a long-shot pick. It's hard to do that stuff at the end of the day. It's hard to be right with any of these. If I got a couple of these picks right, I'd be happy. And now I'm going to break down three awards. Who I think is going to be the Golden Spikes Award winner, who I think is going to be the Dick Hauser Award winner, and who I think is going to be the national pitcher of the year. For the Golden Spikes Award, that's given to the best amateur baseball player in the country. I'm going Mike Sirota, a Northeastern outfielder that's a junior heading into the season. Last year as a sophomore, he had 18 home runs, tied for the third most in a single season in Northeastern program history, with 54 runs batted in, 19 stolen bases in 21 attempts, an 1149 OPS, a 678 slugging percentage, a 346 batting average, and a 986 field percentage. He's a real five two player, and he's finally getting the respect he deserves, in regards to the 2024 MLB Draft. Really excited to see where he goes in the draft. I think he's one of the best players in the country. And I think he deserves more recognition. In eight games for Hyannis this past summer in the Cape Cod Baseball League. Three or four batting average. A 1037 OPS. With a home run. Three runs batted in. And two stolen bases. He's a true 5-2 player. And I'm really excited to see what he does this season. Wishing him and the Huskies nothing but the best this year. Next up is the Dick Hauser Award winner. That's given to the best player in all college baseball. I'm going to go Jack Jack Caglione. I think it's going to be a close battle between Travis Bazzana and Jack Caglione. But I'm going to go Jack Caglione as the winner. And that's because he's a two-way talent. Last season in Florida, 33 home runs, 90 runs batted in with a 7-4 record and a 4.34 ERA. I want to have them making the College World Series. But at the end of the day, somebody had to miss out that I thought was a great team. Florida is obviously a great team, but I had them missing the College World Series in my predictions. And that's mainly because I think it'd be fun to see a team by Troy get in. And that's a team that I have confidence in could potentially make a run. Last up, the National Pitcher of the Year, I think that's gonna be Dominic Fritton of NC State. A sophomore pitcher who had a good season last year as a freshman for the Wolfpack, a three and four record with a 3.59 ERA, 75 strikeouts, and 62 and two-thirds innings pitched with a 1.18 whip. He's a good player. I saw him pitch against BC last year. And after one inning, I said, This kid has MOB stuff. I thought he'd be a first-round pick one day. And right now, heading into the season, he's right on the border of being a top ten pitcher in all of the country. I think he takes a big step up this season. And I think it's a big reason that NC State rotation is even stronger this year than it was last season. Anyways, that'll wrap up this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. I hope you guys have a good one, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you.